When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Gen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? We're back once again. It's the Week 11 NFL DFS main slate powered by the Gen Nation and the Fantasy Authority. What's going on, everybody? Ryan Williams, you're uh, at Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Joined by the usual suspects, the godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13, uh, The Fish. And Maddie D Moneybags, a.k.a. Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. Boys, let's get into this week 11 slate. How we doing? How we feeling? Santa Claus, talk to me. Hey, first of all, that's goat, okay? That's why there's a goat next to my name. I'm the one oh, with the goat bad. there. I look like okay. a fish. I couldn't really tell. No, that's a goat. <laughs> oh, See the horns? It. No, I, I thought it was like a clownfish or something. Hey, I you keep know. talking, you're going to get the horns. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring the heat, Kev. Bring the heat. <laughs> Can I get like a Hey Arnold emoji next to my name for Dan Arnold season? Hey, yo, Dan Arnold catching a touchdown on Thursday night? That's right. He's primetime right. Arnold. He needs to change his name to Dan Primetime Arnold. He wasn't looking primetime with that drop earlier, though. That's all right. He, caught it, he made up for it. He caught a TD, you know. Fair Thanksgiving, enough. what was it, two years ago, Thanksgiving? He caught a TD in primetime? Yeah, I think it was 2018. Yeah. 2018, Dan Arnold paying off, paying off dividends. Get them Kyler scores up. That's what I want to see. Uh, boys, we got week 11 slate on tap. Just what a fun one we got here. I mean, coming off of the week 10 kind of chaos and madness as there was, as we had, you know, Mike Davis gate, we had Wingate part two coming through to fruition. And now we had a week 11 slate that was kind of shaping up to be a nice one before practices started. And then the Wednesday injury report comes around, the Thursday injury report comes around, and there's just so many question marks on this slate. So let's kind of just talk about it from a main overview just before we get into uh, before we get into the slate as a whole. And we have a lot you know, to discuss. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to be back again. Mike Davis is you know, going to be that back again, but now he's priced up uh, in the 6K range on where he should be um in that game going against the lions so i mean that's gonna be uh interesting there we got 
a ton of wide receivers who are on the injury report. Devontae Adams, who's not been seen at practice for the past two, is a big one. Uh, Calvin Ridley is practicing, but he's limited. Uh, Alan Lazard for the Packers is limited coming back. Kenny Galladay missed again. Marvin Jones is limited. So really interesting stuff going on in the Carolina and Detroit game. Also, we got Alvin Kamara now uh, no go on Thursday today on the injury report with Drew Brees already set to miss that game. So this should be a fun quarterback discussion as we talk about what to do there uh, because that's going to be an interesting game there with New Orleans taking on Atlanta. Um, And I think Drew Locke was set to return today. I'm not sure what happened with him. I know he's been dealing with some stuff and they thought he could play. Some other reports were saying that he could be a long shot. So that'll be an interesting uh, thing to monitor there as well. Um, And then Joe Mixon, who, I mean, I'm kind of almost forgetting about Joe Mixon even being relevant because he hasn't played since like week six. Uh, But he's again, you know, not practicing and things of that nature. So a lot of injuries, a lot to unpack there on the slate. But uh, why don't you guys just let's just talk from an overall standpoint here of just what what games are standing out to you. I mean, that's usually what we've been trying to do. And we don't have a Seattle on the slate. We don't have uh, the Chiefs on the main slate. We don't have the Cardinals on the main slate. So, I mean, a lot to really get into here. Um, Maddie, why don't you start it off and kind of just talk to me about where you're kind of looking at for spots early on in this week with nothing really being set, but just what stood out to you? So I think we're going to get a lot of chalky quarterbacks this week because there's some pretty obvious quarterbacks in really good spots that I think a lot of the field is going to gravitate to. Like the ones that stick off the page right away when you just look at matchups without diving into anything. You've got Herbert against the Jets. He's going to be popular, even though he's the third highest priced quarterback. Uh, I think Lamar gets some ownership against Tennessee just because of how bad Tennessee's defense has been this year. Um, even though Lamar hasn't really looked like himself, I, I think that he's going to garner some ownership. And then you've got guys like Joe Burrow. Why, why are the Bengals priced as low as they are? Like if you're playing cash games this week, it's really hard to get off the Bengals. You've got Burrow at 5,500, uh, Tyler Boyd at 5,600 and T Higgins at 5,900. So it, it's, there are three main guys in the pass game um, and you're getting them for all, each of them is under six K. So that I, I think that that, tr- that stack's going to be really popular, especially with how cheap the Washington side is to run it back on the other side. You've got McKissick and Gibson are the yeah. obvious ones and McLaurin. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just such an easy game to stack that I, I think a lot of the field's going to be on that. And as much as I want to play it, I'm also weary about stacking up Cincinnati and Washington. Um, I, w- I want to play Aaron Rodgers against Indy. Uh, Indy is is not really a, a good run. De- or they are a good run defense, and, and I think that their pass defense is, is much more beatable than their run defense is. So the, the key for that, though, you mentioned Devontae Adams. He's, he's not practicing right now, and if he's out, then I, I have zero interest in Aaron Rodgers. Um, right. So it's, man, it's, it's going to be so hard to find pivots this week, but I think you can do it like Big Ben uh, against Jacksonville. We just saw last week that, that Pittsburgh, uh, they're, they've become one of the pass heaviest uh, offenses in the league, especially during one score games. Uh, they're, they're near the top, especially over the last four weeks. They've really taken to the air uh, the last four weeks. And so, I mean, last week we saw him smash Cincinnati, and and now it's going to be a similar game script against Jacksonville, who is who has been a pass funnel all year. Um, and I think Big Ben could smash again, and he's not going to be owned. 
So um, I think I think there's interesting spots like that. And then you've got an interesting spot, 6,200. You've got Cam Newton against Houston, which we know Houston's run defense is the bottom of the barrel in the entire league. And a lot of people are going to play uh, Harris, the running back, when I think a lot of people aren't going to play Cam and he's technically their goal line back. So uh, I think people see, you know, generally when they play a quarterback, they're like, okay, well, who am I stacking with him? And, and they don't get right. that with Cam Newton. So um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting week. Obviously there's going to be a lot that changes, but I, I say it every week, but I, I think this week just as important as the last couple of weeks, you've got to pay attention to ownerships because we keep seeing these these high owned guys like Jameis Winston's going to be very popular. Joe Burrow's going to be very popular. Justin Herbert's going to be very popular. Yes, mm-hmm. these guys are in good matchups, but there are a ton of spots this week where unowned guys can go nuclear, like Big Ben did last week. And and I haven't even mentioned the the Dallas and Minnesota game where there's going to be probably zero defense <laughs> played. Right. So you've got Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins who are you know they're not very good quarterbacks, but they're very cheap quarterbacks. Um, and, and they have very concentrated offenses like Ezekiel Elliott's 6,500 this week. And he got 10 targets the last game that Andy Dalton started. So, uh, it's man, it's, it's an interesting week. I honestly have no clue where I'm going to end up because there are so many spots to like and to, to, that are just great pivots. I just, I just can't stress enough, pay attention to ownership this week because I think guys like Jameis Winston, are going to be the mega chalk and you can do things to pivot off of, of the guys like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, even piggybacking off of what you said, Maddie, of not only just paying attention to ownerships as we've preached on this show, you know, multiple times this year, if not year after year, but also kind of paying attention to that news on Sunday. I mean, you and Kev were both uh, discussing on Sunday last week about the reports about, um, uh, DeAndre Swift being, you know, saying that they were going to run him more and, you know, kind of give him the lead back role. And we saw that kind of come to fruition. And it it just seems like for the past three weeks specifically, I I think since week uh, eight that, you know, with the whenever the wind was that first time around, there's been somebody on the Sunday reports that has either been, you know, we're going to see more of him or he's been ruled in um, and not inactive. That's really kind of dictated things you know late because so many people are locked in early um to what their builds are and we do our show early for thursday and and usually a lot of the stuff that we talk about we we kind of stay on in some type of degree but sometimes things can happen that change your builds 100 completely um that get you onto something late so even monitoring that sunday news i think is is key kev i want i want to you know as we get into quarterbacks here i want to toss it over to you and and in the same tune of what Maddie's saying, I do think that this week makes it tough because, as he's saying, these chalk players that people want to play are trying to um, force in stacks, I feel like. You know, you're looking at these rosters and you're looking at Herbert. Okay, I can play him with Allen. I know what I'm getting out of that. You're looking at Jameis. Okay, like I can play him with Kamara and Michael Thomas. Get that in. Joe Burrow. I know who his guys are. Let's get that in. And you're looking at these other positions, uh, these other quarterbacks that stand out and like, with Devontae Adams, like that's really going to fall. You know, is it going to be Aaron Jones, you know, catching the passes or MVS or Alan Lazard's back? And uh, 
just going down the list of all these other guys, I feel like there's a lot more question marks of stacks than we're used to. So that's what's going to be really tough for people. And let's just get on the one main point here that's going to be the topic of conversation is Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill in New Orleans. Like, what the hell are we to expect from that offense here? Because they brought in Jameis for a reason, but Sean Payton, whether – Taysom's dating his daughter or you know had an affair or there's some dirt on him I don't know but this kid will be out there playing and like this is going to be so infuriating especially if Kamara is out for whatever reason if we if we do get that news this is just going to be an offense that we cannot look to trust so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that specifically Kev because I know you've been uh a Jameis truther as far as like getting him into DFS lineups, even the turnovers don't matter with Jameis because this upside's so high. Can you trust them this week? I just, before Kev Absolutely. jumps in, cause I, I know Kev is going to, is going to say how much he loves him. I just want to say that there is a red flag with Jameis for me, obviously the upside's there and I'll let Kev talk about that. But the, the red flag for me is, is this is not the Bucks offense where we know, he's just going to chuck it down the field to Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin and average over 10 yards per, per, um, per target. I think you see a lot more game management in this Saints offense where he's hitting high, high, trying to hit high percentage throws, uh, which benefits Michael Thomas because he runs a lot of slants. But, um, yeah, I just I don't I, honestly I don't I don't know what to expect out of Winston. Um, I know Kev loves him, and I'll I'll let him touch on him. But I, I do think there are red flags that that do merit a Winston fade in tournaments. I mean, sure, it's not that it's not the same offense, but the weapons are still there with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, um, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara. Like all the weapons are there, still there for him to cook. Um, so and. He has smashed the Falcons in his career. Twenty five percent of his passing or twenty one percent of his passing touchdowns have come against the Bucks. Um, I mean, he's he's just killed or coming against the Bucks, coming against the Falcons. The Falcons are twenty eighth in pass DVOA, but seventh in run DVOA. Um, so uh, it's hard. It's it's hard not to have some interest in him. Uh, he is. If he's going to be chalk, um, I'll probably find some other avenues. Right. Because um, he's fifty nine hundred, so that makes some sense. But uh, I will have some exposure to him, and maybe get a little bit different on how I build with, with him or who I stack with him to try to get a little bit different, but or who I run back on the other side. But it, it, this this is you know one of the best games on the on the weekend for a reason. And of course, we get screwed because there are like three really good games this weekend, but right. none of them are on the main slate. One yep. of them was this game. <laughs> And then the Chiefs and Raiders game would have been fantastic. And that game is the Sunday night game. And then the Monday night game even would have been fun with the Rams and uh, the Bucks. Uh, but, of course, we don't get that. So, regardless, um, I definitely think you can go to Jameis. He's torched that team in, in his career. That pass defense is still terrible. I think it's actually – I love Michael Thomas this week, and especially at his price. Um, I think there's some people that are going to be uh, shying away from playing him. But if you look at the last – couple of games they played they've really just manhandled the teams they played and they didn't have to really throw the ball and so uh, i think that this game is going to be a little bit different and i think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit here and actually air it out and the, the, the one thing you definitely hope for is atlanta getting some sort of a lead to actually push them to have to open up the offense and do a little bit more um past that i love lamar jackson this week i know he's 7300 but <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I think the eruption is coming, and the Tennessee the, Tennessee has been 
terrible um, against the pass. Sucks. They're, yeah. they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. They're like 26th in pass DVOA, 19th in rushing DVOA. Um, I think there's a lot to like here with Lamar Jackson at 7,300. I'm not, I'm not shy with playing him with Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown. Um, I just think a, an eruption spot is coming. The, the, his schedule the rest of the season is absolutely beautiful outside of Pittsburgh this Thursday. Past that game, I, I think that that's about it. And I think we're going to start seeing more Lamar Jackson, you know, what we saw last year. Um, past that, like other than the guys you guys talked about, I think Deshaun Watson is a great play at 6,500. That's entirely too cheap uh, for him. And New England's pass defense has been atrocious this year. And this game is in a dome on the road. I know we saw the New England defense bounce back last week. My only concern would be is that New England probably try to do the same thing they did last week where they uh, play ground and pound and try to lean on the defense a little bit. But uh, that defense is terrible, and I think you can, you know, stack, stack Sean Watson, whether it's with Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks. So I, I kind of, I really like that situation there. Kind of, I'm, I'm going to play Andy Dalton this week at 5,300. Me too. Uh, I'm right there with you. He he is incredibly too cheap. Minnesota's defense is not that good. The pass catchers are incredibly cheap. It's an it's a really yeah. cheap stack that has uh, an immense ceiling. And I think if you're going to run it back, I think it's a way to get Dalvin Cook in your lineup and run it back with Dalvin Cook. Or, you know, you could also go Thielen or Justin Jefferson. Um, I think if you – I for me, if I look at this like a game that's going to shoot out, I want Justin Jefferson over uh, Adam Thielen just because in those in those games that they've had where it's been shootout, that, those are the games that Justin Jefferson has had his uh, ceiling games uh, when they come. So mm-hmm. – I do think Adam uh, Andy Dalton. I know it's a little bit gross, but at fifty three hundred, uh, it, it's not. Um, I think there there is definitely some upside there. And then, so it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater's out this week. It doesn't sound like he's going to play. At least that's yeah. the reports. Right. Are you guys going to run forty eight hundred dollars? Uh, PJ, <laughs> I've got <laughs> no clue what I'm doing with PJ Walker. Oh man, I probably won't go there just because an actual NFL quarterback, Andy Dalton, is only five hundred dollars more, and he has CD Lamb, Amari Cooper. And uh, Michael Gallup to, and Zeke Elliott to throw to. So that's probably where I would end up if I was playing that cheap. But I totally get it, man. He threw 15 touchdowns in five games in the XFL, and, and the Lions basically have an XFL-type defense. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in him. I saw that he has some type of relationship with Matt Rule from the time at Temple. So, I, I mean, I, can't, I find it kind of laughable that they're splitting reps um, at this point, him and Will Greer. Um, cause Will Greer just has no business being on the field. Uh, but you know, if the guy can sling it, I mean, he's got explosive options there in, in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So uh, you're looking at a stack that could potentially pay off. That's, you know, not going to be owned at all. Um, I, I really, I really like that, especially, you know, on the other side, if hopefully we can get some of the pass catchers in for Detroit, uh, that would kind of make this even more explosive. If Jones and Galladay are both out, that kind of makes it tough there on the other side. Hawkinson's still dealing with that toe injury, it looks like, as well, too. So it could be a rough go for Stafford. But, I mean, Stafford being out there definitely helps. Um, I, I saw in the chat that Will was mentioning Joe Flacco as well, too. He comes in at 5K. The last time we saw him, he put up about 230. Um, and it looks like, you know, he's got – concentration in the sense that Denzel Mims is going to be out there. He's been, you know, solid as of late. Uh, Jamison Crowder, he kind of had a dull game against uh, New England there, but he's been 
pretty consistent all year. And I think Brashad Perryman is is on the injury report right now. He's dealing with some stuff. So you might only have to worry about those two guys um, and then probably, you know, whoever they put in, whether it's Jeff Smith or somebody else on the outside there. But he's 5K going against the Chargers team that's, you know, giving up some big plays on defense, not the same. Any interest there in Joe Flacco for you guys? I'd rather just play the pass catchers. Like, with how cheap they are, I think Mims is in the 3Ks and uh, Crowder's – I don't remember what Crowder's price is, but he's around 6K, I think. I can't play Joe Flacco. He just – yeah, Crowder's 6,100. So, like, if those guys can get there off of just receptions and yards and then you sneak in a touchdown for, like, Crowder, he goes for, like, say let's say eight for, eight for 100 and a touchdown – you're looking at like 26 fantasy points there, 27 fantasy points. So all Joe Flacco has to do is throw one touchdown to Crowder and he's all, all of a sudden the one of the best plays on the slate. But yeah, Joe Flacco doesn't get there because he's only throwing for for 200 yards and one touchdown. So I can't go there. I'd rather just pick one if, if that's what you're going to do. Um, I prefer the Herbert side of that game. Um, though I don't know how I feel about Herbert after him getting his little boy haircut. Man, that is awful. That is atrocious. Can I mean, what is he doing? What is he doing? Those 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 locks that he got. No, he he ain't getting no lay with that. I'm telling you, he ain't getting (laughs) no lay whatsoever with that. Um, So yeah, that has me off Herbert for sure this week. Um, I can't. I like where you're going with Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun was a guy that we could pretty much trust, and I think people are going to look at the game logs and see that he struggled last week against Cleveland, and really, you know kind of forget about the wind being a factor there. But I mean, the concentration in this offense is still huge. Like you're saying with Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks still being in the 5k range is absolutely just too cheap for him. As we'll talk about with wide receivers and Will Fuller, he's low 6,000. So you can get a pretty uh, cheap stack there. And Watson has had some success against the New England Patriots. I think in two of his three games that I saw, he put up 20, uh, 20 plus fantasy points against them. So you definitely like seeing that. And that was when these defenses were healthy. That's before this year when this Patriots defense didn't, you know, have guys sitting out due to COVID and have injuries. So I definitely um, like that on the other side there. Um, who else did I want to touch on? What Tua, you guys have any interest in Tua there at 5,800? I mean, another guy who's kind of, you know, he offers a little bit rushing upside, nowhere near what Lamar and, and Kyler have been offering. But he is on the road against Denver. But this could be a Denver team that isn't playing with Locke on the other side. Does that give you any more interest or is that just kind of a stay away? No, I think that would even make it worse because if you're going to want the Miami to actually open it up, you're going to want, you know, them to be able to push Miami. And I don't think that really good. Miami's yeah they, they they've played they've played really they played really well um I and by besides why why would you play him whenever I would just play Carson Wentz who's at 5700 mm-hmm. with better weapons and a better game script and a better environment yeah I agree on Wentz too and then and like this just goes back to what I was saying like we've talked about close to 10 guys and none of like all of these guys are outside of Lamar are not really priced that high but you're gonna see a lot of a lot of ownership is going to concentrate on Justin Herbert Joe Burrow and Jameis Winston. And there are so there's the pivots are so easy this week to just get off those guys. And you know what? If one of those three burns me, so be it. But they're like we've just nailed through like eight to ten guys that have higher ceilings than those guys do. And I just think it makes all the sense in the world. Especially with how like last week is a perfect example of how 
good players who are in good matchups that are going to be chalk can bust on any given week. I mean, look at Aaron Jones. We were like, he's the only running back on the slate who's right. in a good matchup that we can trust to smash. And he goes out and gets 14 or 15 fantasy points. And we're like, well, I guess we messed up because we didn't play Kamara. And then sure enough, Kamara <laughs> goes for three touchdowns. So right. it's just pivots, man. You, you've you got to somehow make yourself different from the field. And if I'm going to play a guy like Dalvin Cook, I don't want to load up a chalky Joe Burrow with him and, and like just builds like that. You think sure. Big Ben's going to be chalky? Because he should be. I mean, I they, he 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 I arguably he has will. the best matchup on the on, of this entire slate, and we know that they're not a team that's going to be like they're just going to show up and they're just going to run the rock, right? They, they they did not do that last week against uh, Cincinnati. They continued to throw the ball. They had a big lead against them, and they continued to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jacksonville's just as bad against the. Um, you know, I guess the past, they're 31st and past DVOA. Actually, they're yep. worse than Cincinnati is. Um, the, the, the only thing that would be a little frustrating with him is, I guess, trying to knock down exactly who those targets are going to go to. But regardless of that, like, I mean, the last two weeks, he's balled with 32 and 28. So, I mean, the ceiling is definitely there. He's still only 6,700. And if he's not going to be the favorite, um, I, I don't know what else to say on that. Yeah, so ownership I've got right now at the top is there's six guys. So you've got Burrow, Herbert, Winston, Matt Ryan, Lamar, and Watson are the top tier of ownership okay. over over ten percent. Which I think is going to concentrate more towards Joe Burrow. I think him and Winston are going to end up the two highest owned because of their prices and their matchups. Um, but those other guys are the are the obvious ones too. I mean. Yeah, I think Big Ben's a great play. And even Carson Wentz, like you like you mentioned, Kev, Carson Wentz, has he's getting all his weapons back. I know he's looked awful this year, but, I mean, the guy can still put up 30 points, 30 DraftKings points, and that's all I need from him. I don't need him to win games. I need him to just go out, you know, give me a rushing touchdown here or there, uh, throw for 302 scores. and right. I, yeah. I, the, the other thing that's interesting about Ben, too, is we've – in years past, we've seen significant uh, home and away splits for him. And this year, they're, like, eerily similar, um, which, you know, is not something that we've been used to seeing. So especially in a matchup like this where it's one of the softest that you can get um, for a passing offense, it, it it does lend itself to to be a nice, a nice play there where you know the passes are going. Let's talk about um, running backs as we move it along here. And and you were talking about Dalvin Cook there in, in your spiel, Maddie. And I, I think it makes for an interesting spot because you look at the slate here and we got two running backs who are at 9K and above, but Alvin Kamara, if he plays at 92 against Atlanta. Um, pass catching backs against Atlanta. Alvin Kamara is matchup proof regardless. So, you know, makes for a good spot coming off of a big week though. Um, I think a lot of people are interested in playing him and then Dalvin cook here going against a Dallas defense. And I mean, the last time we saw Dallas, uh, they were getting carved up by Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or maybe it was the week before that, but th- they've given up some big plays to running backs. And this is a home matchup here for Minnesota that we know loves to get him established. So, you know, he's going to be massively chalk. And then you have a thousand dollar drop off and Derrick Henry. Then you go down even further, 1800 drop off to Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb against Philly, uh, Miles Sanders. How tilting was that last week to have two touchdowns uh-huh. vultured <laughs> with like, 
only one snap for Corey Clement, he gets a touchdown. And I think it was four snaps for Boston Scott, and he gets a touchdown. Just so infuriating. Um, and like I said, Mike Davis, oh my goodness, look at that. Priced up $2,800 now, $6,800. Kareem Hunt behind him. So running, running back makes for an interesting play. I mean, it, it's so uh, interesting to me to kind of see running back this week because guys like, okay, so if we have Kamara out, you're thinking Latavius Murray. I look for his price. He's 5,900. So like he was already being priced up for the matchup or for whatever was going on there uh, because he's actually seen, you know, decent work, I guess, over the past weeks, but it really hasn't come to fruition in the box score, but he's 5,900. So he even, you know, is priced up. Um, you, you got a couple of interesting plays there in the 6K range, but I'm just curious to see if you guys really want to try and make your builds to have one of these top two studs on them because the moniker, so far this year, and we're 11 weeks in on the season, with that running back points, just you can get them from wherever. You don't need to really pay up. The pay up guys haven't really worked out to the tune of what we've been seeing. And there's been a lot of guys in the mid-range who just have been underpriced for the roles that they've been able to see um, where you can get points there. Do you guys share that kind of same sentiment going into this week because the high price guys just aren't in favorable enough spots to really pay off the price tag that they have. I mean, outside of Dalvin, I think he could pay that off, but still nine K for that guy running back that you're paying for. He really needs to get into that 35, 40 point range. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to each week it's different, right? So like with McCaffrey is one thing because he was, you know, he's going to come close to catching 10 passes and would, would almost double right. dip the hundred yard bonus on both the, the run and the catch. So, he was a little bit different of a beast, but I mean, Dalvin himself, his targets this year, four, two, three, five, two, five, two, two. Like he at least has some sort of a pass game role. Um, and I know in his two monster games that he had, uh, he had 60 and 63 and 46 receiving yards. So those definitely helped. I mean, all of his damage really came on the ground. I mean, you're looking at 206 rushing yards, 163 rushing yards. He's got other games where he ran for 130, 181. Like, he has monster upside on the ground. Like, he almost – it almost reminds me of Derrick Henry from last year where, yes, this guy can can run for almost 200 yards anytime he steps on the, on the field. And Dallas, yes, their defense has been playing better over the last couple of weeks, but there's still a defense you want to attack uh, from, from the opposing side. So – it's hard for me to get off Dalvin Cook this week, this, despite him being 9K. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with Kamara. I think that there's other guys down lower that you can end up pairing with Dalvin Cook to where you don't have to play both those guys. But, I mean, a couple of years ago, we used to just jam in Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, and those guys would get us 35 points every single week no matter what. Um, I, don't, I don't think we have that with both Cook and Kamara. I think it's, you know, they're more likely to score in the low 20s as opposed to the mid to upper 30s uh, on a weekly basis. So there definitely is some downside to paying that much. But this week specifically, it's it's hard for me to get off Dalvin up there. Um, and I then you've got, you've got other guys who, you know, should be priced up higher than they are, but they've got, you know, different factors going on with their team. Like, like Zeke, why is Zeke 6,500 against Minnesota? But then you look at, okay, no no Dak, and he hasn't really done anything since Dak has gone down. On the flip side, he's got he, – in the one lone game that Andy Dalton played a full game, Zeke had 10 targets. 
it's like there are options. It's just going to end up being just like last week where we talked about it. Like there's options for guys to smash and there's paths for those same guys to, to bust. So you're going to have to just take stands on some of these iffy plays, I think. Um, like last week, if you took a stand on Gibson, it worked out for you. Uh, and if you took a stand like I did on on playing, paying up and playing Aaron Jones, that did not work out for you. So, um, yeah, running running back has been really tough to, to break down this year. Um, it's almost been more unpredictable, I feel like, than the last couple of seasons, for me at least. Yeah. And, and Kev, I kind of before, you know, tossing over to you, uh, we see here this week even more so than than usual. I feel like 5K range is really interesting this week. You have both the Washington running backs in the 5K range with Gibson at 58, McKissick at 52, who I mean, McKissick, is he Christian McCaffrey all of a sudden now? This dude <laughs> is like putting up 17 points on DK without scoring touchdowns because of the pass catching work that he's seeing. And a guy who doesn't catch passes, I guess he's on the injury report now, but uh, Damian Harris for New England, you know, he's seen his kind of usage go up week in and week out and two 100-yard games in, in the past four there, which, you know, doesn't really – the upside I don't know is there because he's not catching passes, but you at least know that he's going to be on the field and this is a team that wants to run and establish the run. you got uh, Rex Burkhead back there at 4,600. you got Kalen Balaj who has seen volume increase like ridiculous and he's 5,600. Um, gut, gut, or yes, Gio Bernard at 5,600 in a tough matchup, but without Mixon, we know he's going to be on the field there. So just, I, I just want to bring those up because they're, they're cheap options that do seem viable this week to kind of, you know, if you are paying for a Dalvin cook, can you play one of these guys with them? Are you trying to pay up um, at both spots at running back? I just wanted to, See what your thoughts were that on that, Kev. If you were paying up, well, I'm going to pay up. It's it's obviously with Dalvin. And I think Alvin Kamara uh, makes it makes some sense, obviously as well. I mean, Atlanta has been better against the run than they have against this past. Like I said, they're seventh in run DVOA, so they have been a little bit better um, against the run. But he's obviously somebody that you can almost count on to get eight to ten targets um, every single week. So that's you know raises his upside uh, quite a bit as well. So I think they're both great plays. There's just no way I can ever see myself playing them both in the same lineup because and, unless you can find a really a really cheap stack, which I guess that's where like the Andy Dalton stack would come in, playing both of them with Dalvin, you know, where you can maybe make that work a little bit. But uh, past that, like it, it would be really tough to make it work to play a 2-9K running back. I don't think you necessarily have to do that. There's some other running backs. Like I said, I think Zeke at 6,500, like, I'm curious to see where his ownership comes in this week because that is just incredibly too cheap for <laughs> the role that he has in that offense. He's going to catch passes out of the backfield, and I think this game can be closer than what people think that it can be um, coming off their bye with that with Andy Dalton back. So I do think Zeke is just is just um, entirely too cheap. Sorry, <laughs> so was that Greg Olson <laughs> that just got hurt? Yeah, he, he yeah. blew his knee out or something. I hate lost, to see it. Anyway, uh, I really <laughs> hate and to I, see I, it. Anyway. <laughs> I, I really want to play uh, DeAndre Swift, like 6,400. But, yes. of course, he yeah, pop-ups today with a concussion out of nowhere because he wasn't on the injury report at all mm-hmm. on Wednesday. That's so I don't concerning. Know if, I don't know if he got it on Wednesday or it, it's just really late symptoms that all of a sudden popping up. So, it's I mean, he very well may not play, which is which is super frustrating because, you know, he finally gets takes over this backfield, finally gets the role that we, we've been waiting for. He was a he's kind of a lock to me like that like he's somebody that I probably would have had 
I don't know, 40%, 50% of um, at 6,400 yeah. in this matchup against Carolina. That. Like, yeah. it just made all the sense in the world. But now we're going to have to wait and see where he comes in. And if it, you know, even if, if if I can't play him, would you guys have any interest in on Johnson at 4K if he's out? I know, obviously, Adrian Peterson's still oh, going to get the man. early down work. But on Johnson would make a little bit of sense to the pass-catching uh, running back there because he's got to get yeah, all the was- targets out of the backfield. What was that game they just played? Not this one. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. He had those three targets at the end of the game. It was out of reach, but they, they utilized him for that um, handful of targets. By the, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I would have to look closely into that if that's what it was telling us. And we knew. I, I, I would love for Smith to kind of be – or Swift to be questionable heading into Sunday and then getting, you know, some pivot plays where we could get carry on where people aren't having – you know, the whole week to kind of think about that play. I think that kind of makes a ton of sense there and kind of could free up some of your builds. Um, so that that's interesting to me, but I, w- I wouldn't want Swift to be ruled out tomorrow um, and then have people be locking him in up his ownership going into Sunday. I would almost play Adrian Peterson over carry on. I just can't do it because he doesn't have any – he has zero pass. He had five targets at Minnesota game two weeks ago. Well, that's ridiculous because he should. It is, no, I agree. It's ridiculous, but it it happened. It did happen. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. he's had a target, at least one target in every game this year, except one. So yeah, yeah it's, it's not a. I mean, it's not a. It's not a play that like I'm like smashing in and super no. excited. About. It's just no. it's just something. If Swift were to miss a great matchup, uh, I think Carrion could at least be uh, somewhat interesting. I, I guess at least even just at 4K, but. It's not I don't think there's a high ceiling or anything there. No, I probably no. would just stay away from from that situation at that point. Yeah. Well, we got, and then we got, we got a 4K uh cheap running back who has the backfield, Maddie. How can you avoid that? He catches no. passes. Ryan, don't. don't do <laughs> They're splitting oh. work, it's different. <laughs> and Adrian Peterson uh, doesn't digress. catch passes. Mike Davis catches passes. He was going to get ninety five percent of the role, and I was still right. <laughs> you guys were wrong. I, I hit it. You guys were wrong, but yeah, whatever. You, you, you tossed it. it up, Maddie. You tossed it up. I had to. I had to do it. Um, no, I mean, I, what? What about the? Let's talk about the six K range because I do think you know Zeke's in there, and, and the Swiss playing. I, I agree with you, Kev. I mean, great spot, but the ownership definitely would have been there. So I was looking at other guys that I could, you know, maybe talk myself into around them, and it, it's just so gross. Like the the six K range is so gross. But I I do kind of have interest in Miles Sanders. I mean, when you're looking at last week and just kind of the weeks on what he's doing. Um, with the role that he has, I mean, even without scoring touchdowns, he's getting into the 15-point range or, or higher. And I just feel like those plays last week are just so arbitrary, like just so out of the blue that we're not going to be expecting those every time. And and the plays before that, like the Corey Clement play where he scored, Sanders had the chance to score before that, and they just brought in Clement. It just some of the things that they're doing there don't make sense. But this is just, I mean, you really, it's so hard to trust Carson Wentz um, in this matchup and, and Sanders gives them the best chance to win. And I'm looking at games, you know, like in Pittsburgh, when nobody want to play him, he had that big run scored twice, Baltimore, not only nine attempts, but still got a hundred. Like if this Cleveland game is close and he's going to be on the field and nobody wants to play him, his ownership goes under the radar. Like this guy still has a strong enough role for me to, you know, think about playing him as a pivot. Um, 
to some of these other guys and, and maybe even James Conner at 6,600. I, I talk about not wanting to play Conner because he doesn't really catch passes either, but they could just Pittsburgh can control this game. And I can talk myself into scenarios where, you know, Lutton on the other side is not going to be able to, you know, keep up with this high powered offense. And maybe they get in the red zone and let Conner, you know, get, get some of his there with cheap ownership too. So that's kind of where I'm looking at, but I wanted to just touch on those guys um, as I think they'll go under the radar. I also want to add, I think Gio Bernard makes a very interesting leverage pivot off of Joe Burrow. I mean, Cincinnati is going to score against Washington. Why can't they get down to the three-yard line and Gio punches it in twice? And everybody who rostered Joe Burrow is pissed because Gio basically took two touchdowns away from him. And, I mean, he's going to get, what, 17 to 20 touches probably in that range? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, Washington's defense isn't that good in any in all facets. It, and I'm just Swift last week, I mean, showed you what you know yeah. running backs can do against them. And you're looking at Gio Bernard and only eight points last week against Pittsburgh, which you, you look at and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. it's, he saw seven targets still, mm-hmm. you know, seven targets and only putting up eight DK points. Like something just doesn't compute there. Four catches for uh, 17 yards. That's crazy. So before that, I mean, he's seeing, you know, three catches, five catches, three catches um, against Tennessee, Cleveland, Indy and Indy and putting up 20 in two of those games, 20 plus, and then 11 in the other one. So uh, definitely, you know, has some upside here with the backfield to himself. I mean, Samaje P. Ryan is not going to spell him enough to make that no. be warranted. So I, I do like that, Matty, a lot at 5,500. Yeah, that Tennessee game, 15 carries, four targets, and the Cleveland game, 13 carries, five targets. So that's 19 and 18 opportunities in the right. non-Pittsburgh games. And he still had 15 opportunities last week. Um, I mean, it's just Pittsburgh. You're not going to do much against them. So, yeah, I think Gio, it makes a great leverage play um, on Joe Burrow in in tournaments. Let's, uh, let's, Kev, do you have anything else? I I saw you kind of, I don't know. No, I was just going to add, uh, he does make a lot of sense since he's taken over. He's eighth in the league in targets. So, um, you know, getting somebody that that is going to be utilized in all facets of the offense uh, at that price, I think does warrant some consideration. I mean, he's, played at least 60% of the snaps. He's getting mostly all the touches. And, you know, prior to that, I mean, he's dropped 20 and 22.8 um, the weeks prior to that. So um, I don't I don't see any reason why he can't. I, I was just really just going to ask you guys really quickly what your guys' thoughts are on a guy like J.D. McKissick, who if we think that game is going to score, we know. I mean, J.D. McKissick is, since week six, is number one in the league in targets. More than Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yep. He, the dude has 36 <laughs> targets, 24 receptions, uh, 167 yards. Uh, he's not utilized a ton, you know, as a you know as a rusher, but five red zone targets. I mean, he's still only 5K. I, I don't know. Like it, it's really it's really it. thin, you know, as a pass catcher and at his price. Like I don't know. I, I think he makes a little bit of sense because Alex Smith is still the quarterback, and Alex Smith is just going to continue to drop it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's thin at all, Kev. To to be honest with you, I mean, he, he he's. Well, I, I think in. I think I think the question is like, what is his ceiling? You know, um, I, that's what I was going to say. Is have we seen his ceiling? Like, was his ceiling last week where he had 15 targets, caught seven balls? For 43 yards and had a touchdown and he scored 18 points and was also missed on a touchdown too. I mean, wide open 
he had him in the flat. Alex Smith had him in the flat and just missed him completely. So, I mean, you're looking at that, and that's bananas at the price tag that he was. So I think it's safe enough to say that he has a role and you have a safe enough floor. I guess my 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 point in saying all that was to say that, like, if you're making cash lineups this week, you're talking about with Joe Burrow, Maddie. Like, I think you play Dalvin Cook and you play McKissick and another running back there. Like, you can feel comfortable playing him in the flex because of the floor side that he offers you. And then in GPPs, I think you pair him with uh, Cook. Well, you pair him with a guy who can offer you that 35, 40 range plus, right, to kind of say, okay, like I can get 60 points plus from these two running backs or 55 plus points from these two running backs and and feel good about that. And if McKissick goes, you know, for even higher, if you can get some of these wide receivers who are seeing a lot of targets, I I like that play Uh, because he's just not, he, you know, he's priced at a wide receiver basically, who would be seeing that fair share. I mean, look at Brandon Cooks. He's 5,200 as well. So I think he, you know, with the rushing upside that he's offering, plus Alex Smith, dump off King, right? So I don't think those targets are going anywhere. I think I would only play McKissick on Joe Burrow teams, like you're saying, because for Washington to be down enough like they were last week, I mean, they were down by a lot of points to Detroit early in the game, and they basically abandoned the run completely. Um for them to be down that much, Cincinnati has to put up points in a hurry. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he makes sense. But I think in terms of correlation with your team, I, I think you've got to play him on Joe Burrow teams. I don't know that I would play him as a one-off. I think I prefer Gio as a one-off from that game. I, I, I like Gio. I like Gio, too, and I think the ownership would be huge. But I do, I do think if you're looking at it in Washington and you're like, I want to play a back, like you should be looking at McKissick way more than you should be looking at Gibson at this point with them having a 600 range difference. I do think that we saw like Gibson's upside was last week, right? Like hitting that two touchdowns and yeah. whatever he got on the rushing yard, 100 or something. But he hadn't seen a, a third down uh, touch in any game prior to last week or something like that crazy, like just not utilized really on third downs and not the pass catching role. So I, I like McKissick a lot on DraftKings. Let's uh let's talk about wide receiver. Let's let's talk about some of these guys is, you know, some of these wide receivers, they've just been mispriced week in and week out. And that's, you know, led to them, you know, led to us not having to, you know, pay 7,100 for Keenan Allen. Um, like people wanted to last week and pay the guys like Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. And, and I mean, Hopkins paid off late, I guess, to a certain extent, but still, you know, we're looking at it. I, I agree with, uh, I agree with Kev. I love Michael Thomas in this matchup. I mean, this secondary, we've targeted them all year. They're coming off of the bye, but any, you know, the defense has been a little bit better with Raheem Morris being there. I mean, I think there, there needs to, they do need some credit there as far as limiting goes, but the talent, or lack thereof, still shows up. I mean, Kendall Sheffield's terrible. Uh, Terrell hasn't been that much better. Isaiah uh, Oliver hasn't been that much better. So this is a game that Thomas should eat if he's getting the work. Um, and, we're, you know, we kind of really only have a couple of guys at the top here, especially if Devontae Adams is out. He's 8,600. Um, Julio, Keenan, Michael Thomas, A.J. Brown, and, and Ridley, if he plays, are the only 7K guys that you got. And then you start getting in the 6K range. And then even then, you only have a couple guys. Then you're getting into the 5K range. So it's really going to be interesting to see how people build their teams because usually we're talking about that 6K, 7K range of getting one or two of those guys in because they're target hogs. But I'm looking at this, and you know we got 
T. Higgins, like you were saying, Maddie, he's 5,900. Deontay Johnson is still in the 5K range at 5,900. Devontae Parker is 5,700. DJ Moore is 5,600. Travis Fulgham, 5,600. Tyler Boyd, 5,600. Marvin Jones, 55. I mean, Amari Cooper, 54. Gallup, 37. Lamb, 5K. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, right? Like, you could just keep going. I mean, you could talk to Brandon Cooks, 52. Mike Williams, 51. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, 49. Like, Corey Davis, 48. And now that's Jacoby Myers, player. 49. Jacoby Myers. There's so many guys in this range that you could talk yourself into. I mean, and it's not, I don't even want to say talk yourself into that makes it seem bad. And by the way, Kenny Galladay, 5,800 if he somehow is playing and he was limited. So that would be absolutely insane um, to get him at that price. It sounds like there's a really good chance that he plays. That's that's crazy then because, I mean, at 5,800, my God, what the upside that he could offer, especially Marvin Jones is questionable and TJ Hawkinson not really looking like himself. It's going to be a fun week for wide receiver. I mean, in even the low 6K range, you're getting into guys that are just, you know, really cheap for the upside that they could offer. So just as a broad general scheme of things, Maddie, just kind of talk to me. It, it is Thursday. We don't really have the slate um, finalized yet to really put firm, you know, bang the gavel on any of these plays. But just hearing all that, like, where is your mindset going in attacking the slate from a wide receiver perspective? Oh, uh. I mean, I don't honestly, I don't even know because there's so many options. And like I mentioned how good of a spot the Cincinnati wide receivers are in and, and they're how cheap they are. And like they're just the obvious plays, but they're going to be so high owned. Uh, and then you've got a team like Dallas. Like you look at Dallas, they have very good wide receivers. Amari Cooper, you you mentioned all three of their prices. Cooper Gallup is 3,700 and Cooper's 5,400 right. <laughs> and, and Lamb is 5K and Look, I know it's Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton is a serviceable NFL quarterback. Like, we saw him just last year, all throughout the entire year, uh, was able to put up points with with a bunch of crap at wide receiver in Cincinnati. And so I'm, right. I'm not necessarily sold that Andy Dalton is, you know, just going to be this awful quarterback that's not going to, you know, put up any points on the scoreboard. I think Dalton was thrown into a very, very tough situation. You know, you're coming off – your franchise quarterback just goes down. The locker room's deflated. The season goes basically out the window. You you are now tasked with being the guy to save the team from a dumpster fire season, and you're getting thrown in against a good Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, and it's just it, – it was set up for him to fail, right? And so, like, if, if it doesn't go, go good from, from the start, he's going to struggle, uh, which is what happened. Um, but you know, he's, he's had a couple weeks to get, get things under his belt, get a mindset, get a mentality. I know he's missed the last two games, but he's going to come out. I think he's going to look good. Um, it still remains to be seen, which guys are going to end up being his favorite guys to target. But you look back at that one start and you've got, uh, Cooper had a 19% target share. Uh, saw 27% of the air yards. Gallup had a 12% target share, but saw 27% of the air yards. Then you've got Lamb, who had a 19% target share, uh, and he was in the 20% in air yards. Um, and then Zeke also had a 20% target share. So it was like Dalton was kind of spreading the ball around to everybody except Gallup, uh, but he was targeting Gallup deep. Um, so it, it, it's, I mean, it's a bit of an unknown, but I mean, these guys are so cheap that you can take shots on almost all of them across your different teams. Um, and so 
Man, I, I don't know. <laughs> you reeled off so many good spots, like, for wide receiver this week. It's it's tough. And, again, it just goes back to do not – try as hard as you can to not play the chalk guys. Like, yeah. there's, no, there's no excuse to, to be playing a 30% owned wide receiver this week with all the, with all the spots we have available. Play, right. Dalvin, play Dalvin Cook chalk before you play yes. a chalk, mega chalk wide receiver. Like, even if Michael Thomas is going to be extremely popular – Fine. If he beats me, he he hasn't beat me all year. If he beats me, he beats me. So be it. I'll play Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to get different at wide receiver with all these high upside guys. Yeah, and especially, I mean, Michael Thomas. I think it's a weird situation because we really, I just, I really feel like we don't know what Sean Payton's going to do at quarterback. Exactly. So that really scares me. So having one offs, I think of him makes sense. But other, you know, if you're going to take a chalky wide receiver, like at least try and you know talk yourself into a scenario where the game stack makes sense mm-hmm. or the the actual full stack makes sense right. um to kind of play you know get all the points there if you're gonna just take take the bait on the on the chalk at that position um kev what where are you at as far as like you know what are some of your favorite spots to target this week um as we talk about these wide receivers here and it, there were there were guys in the 6k range that i didn't touch on i know you talked about big ben and claypool and smith suster are there and um fuller's there at 62 so if you you know I love the if you have too. any and Mike Williams, um, I, I didn't mention Mike Williams. I do love Mike Williams. The Jets okay. are running. Jets are running out like three backup cornerbacks at all their positions. I and saw that. They I said saw that. they said they might shift the safety over to cornerback. And Mike Williams is fifty one hundred against the Jets. There we go. There we go. And see, that's a you know okay. So you're playing Mike Williams, and you talked about not playing Herbert, and so you're going to be getting leverage off of the field because Herbert teams are probably going to be stacked with Keenan Allen there. Correct on the other side. Um, and maybe not, maybe some will have Mike Williams, but you, you won't have the other two if they don't hit. So that's a, and he's explosive enough to, to hit on his own. Um, Kev, talk to me, wide receiver. What, what are you thinking about? I see the wheels turning. Welcome to Jalen Rager week is, is what it is. Uh, I, I love <laughs> Jalen Rager this week, 4,200. He's still incredibly too cheap to get a, to get the number one wide receiver, uh, at 4200 is uh is, is pretty incredible last week he had seven targets um like i said if i love carson wentz i think it's a really cheap stack again another opportunity to be able to pay up at the running back position whether you want to do wentz and goddard and and jalen rager but jalen rager at 4200 is just uh just ridiculous to me I, I don't know they haven't moved him up yet i know he hasn't had like an explosion game yet but uh i do like him quite a bit and then you know if if I'm paying up at wide receiver, obviously I already said Michael Thomas, love him. Keenan Allen, love him. But I also think Terry McLaurin at 6,900 against Cincinnati. If you're going to run that stack, or just getting uh, you know one offs of Terry McLaurin, like McLaurin is matchup proof. Like the dude just crushes every single week. I was uh, interested how he would do with Alex Smith, but he continued to play well. So uh, absolutely love him. At 6,900, if you're willing to pay down a little bit, you know you guys hit on a lot of these guys, Deontay, Juju. And Claypool all make sense. They, they all, you know, um, have pretty massive upsides in them. Juju a little bit lower than the other two, but um, I, I really want to play T. Higgins at fifty nine hundred. But we'll have to wait and see. I know he has that illness. Um, if if he's able to play, because if he's not, AJ Green's only thirty six hundred. So if if T. Higgins were to miss this game. I mean, I think you have to have a little bit of interest in AJ Green, who's only thirty six hundred. So uh, that that's just uh, too cheap uh, without T hands on the field. Uh, Tyler Boyd, love him as well at fifty six hundred. Again, that is incredibly too cheap for a player who can drop 
30 points on your head. Um, um, so I do like him. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, is ridiculously too, uh, too low at 5,500. I think, you know, he's somebody now with Odell. I think between him and Austin Hooper, I think every single week that you can target those guys. Uh, Landry doesn't have, you know, a 35-point upside. But at 5,500, I think that you could feel pretty good on most weeks that he can get you in the, you know, probably the 15 to 20 range. And at 5,500, that doesn't kill you. Um, I, I think he does have a ceiling of somewhere in, you know, the 25 range. Like you guys are, we already talked about the the Cowboys wide receivers are all fucking r- ridiculously too fucking cheap. Mm-hmm. 5,400, 5K, 3,700 is fucking stupid. <laughs> and, and it's just fucking ridiculous that they're, that they're all that cheap. Like, not having it feels like just if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver, just go with one of the Dallas wide receivers because they're all way too cheap. They all have, um, I think, a higher upside than, than where they're being priced, and I think it's a little bit ridiculous. And if they're going to carry no ownership, if they're not, if they're going to carry low ownership, I'm about that life. Jacoby Myers, forty nine hundred. I love Jacoby Myers. He is Cam Newton's target. Like he is their number one pat, their number one target. And apparently now he's just going to come out here and throw and throw dimes as well, and and, and throw touchdowns. So that was wild. <laughs> I, I like Jacoby. Well, he's former he's former quarterback. So um, no, right. But I, I love this is a great matchup against Houston. It's inside a dome. We have no weather concerns here. I do think this game really has sneaky shootout potential. Or it really has shootout potential in it, and um, so. Getting the number again, getting a number one wide receiver at forty nine hundred with the ceiling that he has. I mean, we've seen it now um, that this guy can go out and put up one hundred and fifty yards, and he could definitely do it against Houston. So I, I do like Jacoby Myers at his price as well at forty nine hundred. I think some other options. Michael Pittman, I think, is interesting at forty five hundred. Jalen Rager, we already talked about. And then, like I said, if anything were to happen with if um, if Higgins were to miss, I do think that we should be taking a look at somebody like. Um, AJ Green at 3600. Yeah, the thing about AJ Green and and Auden Tate actually saw his snaps drop, but coming going into the bye it looked like he he had kind of, you know, gone back in favor and he was a guy that complained and wasn't getting run and then AJ Green was popping off and then all of a sudden they started giving Auden Tate run again and that's affected AJ Green. So that's been frustrating, so that's something to monitor cuz the snaps did drop last week against Pittsburgh. So if AJ Green is going to see more, that would definitely, you know, help him and especially pay off and and like you're saying, Kev, if if there is T Higgins missing, that totally changes it at all. But I do think there's even some merit if we can, you know, avoid Auden Tate from seeing the field, that would be just wonderful um, in general. But um, yeah, Jacoby Myers interest. I I do like that game. It's just weird with the the Patriots not really throwing touchdowns. I mean, I think they have like six passing touchdowns on the year. Three of them, or I think it's five and three of them have gone to Rex Burkhead, which is just, you know, infuriating. So um, Myers is, is eating and it's all coming without scoring. So if he somehow, you know, is able to find the end zone here, he could definitely be looking at having a bananas uh, score off of that. Um, who did else that I wanted to touch on here? I mean, yeah, the Philly, the Philly pass catchers, Kevin, you do like uh, you, you were talking about Raker here uh, with Jeffrey being back. And listen, I don't think this guy should be seeing snaps at all. But he was seeing snaps, and that made it infuriating uh, to watch last week. It, it, having Greg Ward out there, having Travis Fulgham, having him, having Goddard, Zach Ertz could be back this week. So, are are there is there a stand that you would like to take there outside of Rager, or are you just saying 
you know, I'd play Rager and I feel most confident in him. Um, well, so. I love Rager, but I also, I mean, Fulgham is definitely so in play. He, he, I think he's a much better wide receiver than we all thought that he was. And, um, I'm not basing anything off of what happened last week for this week. So, uh, Alshon Jeffrey shouldn't even be on a football field. It's ridiculous that they were, they pulled, um, either Fulgham, uh, or Rager off the field. I think it was like, for him, I think it was like eight or ten times, something like that. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay, uh, the guy has no business playing football anymore. He's washed. Right. Like he's beyond washed. And, and so, no, he shouldn't be. Um, so for me, like, yeah, if you want to go Travis Fulgham, I think you definitely can. Um, I just prefer going the cheaper route at forty two hundred. And you know, like I said, like if I was going to run a stack, I probably would hit with him and then Dallas Goddard. So, um, yeah. And then I, I did I did want to ask really quick too, really cheap guys. I know you guys already mentioned Denzel Mims, but I think Cam Sims also at thirty three hundred in this game against Cincinnati. If you look at his numbers the last couple of weeks, uh, so the last three weeks uh, against Dallas, he played ninety two percent of the snaps. He didn't really see any targets in that game, but then in, against the Giants, he played sixty eight percent of the snaps. We saw four targets, and then last week he played ninety seven percent of the taps and snaps and ran fifty six routes five targets, four receptions for 54 yards. Like, he's, he looks like their number two wide receiver. I don't know, at 3,300, I don't think it's crazy. Um, and I think that there is a path, you know, if he gets four for 40 and a touchdown, I think it's certainly there against Cincinnati. Yeah, that that that's interesting, Kev. I mean, it's just I, – I just don't know how many times we're going to see Alex Smith throw for 390. You know, that's what makes me just nervous about some of these guys. I mean, McLaurin, yes, even at 6,900. The the target share that he's seeing is ridiculous. It it, it really depends on, uh, obviously, the uh, game environment and how this game turns out. Because if it ends up turning into, you know, kind of a back and forth affair, then I I, I think then that's when you'd want to uh, target some of these guys. Yeah, if if Burrow's pushing it, then. What about Jalen Guyton, if you're going down that low? Yeah, as a deep threat. Yeah, I mean the, the dude has talking about know, a guy that plays all all the snaps. Guy's <laughs> been playing almost ninety percent of snaps at, at all the recent weeks. He doesn't get many targets, but his targets are deep. So if he connects yeah. on one, um, I'd rather play Grant. I think I'd rather I'd play rather... Gallup personally. But... Well, yeah. I'd, oh I'd yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, but you're talking about other guys down there. Yeah, um, I was, I was, I was just trying to look at some of these really, really cheap guys, especially for people that want to get wild yeah. and get Kamara and Cook in their lineup and not sacrifice at other positions. So I That's think true. looking at one of these guys, even even Denzel Mims, uh, the, the dude really, from what I've seen from him and the times that I've watched him, like, he looks like he's going to be really good. Like, yeah. But he has fucking Joe Flacco <laughs> and, and, and Sam Darnold at fucking quarterback. Like, if they can get a legitimate quarterback, I think Denzel Mims probably next year is going to be somebody that people are really excited about because he looks – legit like it's so infuriating because he'll make a great catch and then it's like they won't even look his way for another like half a quarter or two or three more drives down the road i'm like why are we not peppering this man with targets makes no sense i agree makes no sense um how, uh real quick before we move on to tight ends guys we'll be in a tight ends and defenses to wrap up the pod uh how would you guys rank the dallas pass catchers because i think for me it would be um lamb for sure at 5k one uh, with the target share that he's seeing with Dalton. And then I'd probably go Gallup, then Cooper. But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. Um, just just because I think L- Lamb is is 
going to be the target hog. And then Gallup is the interest for me with at his price next, you know, being at 3,700. I think you could do a lot with that. But Cooper's still seeing a, a significant amount of target share. But I just feel like those are the two guys for me ahead of him. I mean, I, I think I would definitely have Lamb one just because I think you can you can bank on a lot of those targets. But I would still probably have Cooper at two, even because I mean he's not sixty five, sixty eight hundred like we typically see him. He's what fifty three, um, which is which is just stupid. <laughs> yeah, fifty four. Yeah, fifty four. Yeah, fifty four. And I, I get it. Gallup is thirty seven hundred, but I do think Gallup is a little bit more boom or bust, where you could probably uh, easily. Cooper has a much higher floor than what Gallup does. No, that's fair. Um, okay, let's let's talk about receiver before we get into defense and we wrap this up. And thanks, everybody, for rocking along. It's the Week 11 NFL DFF main slate here. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Shout out, channel. Shout out to everybody who's watching on Periscope and Twitch as well. And if you guys are listening to this uh, the next day, we really appreciate that. Subscribe and rate and review on your podcast softwares. Guys, tight end. I mean, I'm just I'm through with the tight end position. Like I'm I'm half ready to start the petitions to get this removed uh, from slates and just start, you know, putting Kelsey and Kittle at wide receiver. And let's just get rid of all the rest of these guys. But only 20 guys. I think I, I got this right. 20 guys here on DraftKings above the 3K threshold. So that really just shows me that there's just not a lot going on at the slate here. Or not a single the- tight end above five. Not a single tight end above five. You got Andrews at the top. Janu comes behind him, 49 and 4,700 respectively. Henry, 46. Fan at 45. Hurst, Gasecki, Hawkinson, and Jared Cook and Ebron round out your 4K guys. I mean, you know, just uh, see what fits into lineups and, and go from there. I mean, there's really no have-to-have-it tight end on this slate, and I don't really even know if there's guys that we can trust solo. I mean, Hunter Henry – has been respectable, I feel like, with, you know, at least six targets in the past of uh, three out of four games. So it, he has a floor, but he's not really doing much with that. I, I, I really don't know what to do at the position this week, guys. I, I'll probably need your help. Um, I, I guess uh, for me, I'm looking at like Dallas Goddard. He's still 3,800, and I really don't like Still, the they dropped side. his price. Like it's he was higher than that last week as well. Oh 42? yeah, forty two. How do you drop him? Like like how does he go down in price? I don't even get it. Uh, yeah, well, I guess and so they still have Zach Ertz on IR, but he has a chance to come back. Is that right? Yeah, he's participating in practice. I don't care really. if Zach Ertz can come back or not. Like thirty eight hundred dollars <laughs> is is ridiculous. I just mean that that could have factored into the price. I, I yeah, I, like. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're right by each other. So I I mean you know yeah some of these other guys I mean Hawkinson he's banged up uh, Cook without uh, Breeze I don't know if I could go there Ebron's interesting but there's three guys ahead of him um, Hooper was a letdown last week and granted that game was windy but you know he he really hasn't you know shown you much Hayden Hurst forty four hundred uh, he's seen targets so maybe you can you know play him. Fans banged up. I mean, Janu, it's not really a great matchup. Andrews is 4,900. I mean, you just go there because of the upside that he sees with his red zone role. I mean, that's kind of how I'm feeling is, you know, I'll pay Andrews for the 4K guy because I know what his upside is. And then I'm looking at Goddard and below for a tight end because you, it's just ugly. You know, I'd be looking at Logan Thomas at 3,300. It's ugly. Um, I like I, Cooper. 
Yeah, I was okay. going to say that's, yeah, 3,900, yeah. Because yeah. I'm throwing out that game last week, really the last two games for Cleveland, because they've played in 40-mile-an-hour wins. Um, right. And he didn't they, play in that Houston game. And he didn't play in the two games ago against against the Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry, the um, Raiders. That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, last week with Chubb back, and you can run all over Houston, 40-mile-an-hour wins, like, Cleveland had no reason to throw the ball. I think they threw it like 40% of the time or something egregiously low. Uh, I think, you know, playing against Philly, I think Philly can put up points uh, against them. We're going to see a higher scoring game than 10 to seven and 10 to six, the last two games that they've played in. So uh, yeah, I like Hooper. I mean, before he got hurt seven, 10 and six targets and now OBJ is out uh, and those were with OBJ. So yeah. yeah, I I think it's him and him and Mark Andrews are the are the two different pricing tier guys that I'm looking at. If I'm paying up, it's going to be Andrews, and then if I want to pay down a little bit, I think I'm going to play Hooper. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked to see how how chalky uh, Goddard's going to be, but I would assume he is going to be very popular. Even yeah, with agree. the disappointing week last week, or yeah. disappointing first half, I should say. Yeah, so okay, so it looks like Mark Andrews is the chalk, and then the next tier is four guys of Hayden Hurst, Hawkinson if he plays, uh, Kyle Rudolph, and Dallas Goddard. Wow, Rudolph, oh my Kyle God. Kyle Rudolph? Yeah. I mean, Herb, it sounds like he's going to be back. I think I mean, he'll Herb, be back, yeah. Yeah, he returned to practice. Well, that and would Herb change, Smith obviously, if Herb is back. Then Irv would probably become chalky. Right. And Austin Hooper's not in that tier. No, he's in. Let's see what they have Hooper at. He's in the next. No, he's he's two more tiers down. He's in the three percent range. Wow! I will be playing Austin Hooper this week. Oh hell yeah! If that's what his ownership's going to come in at. Love it, love it, Kev. What talk to me? Hooper and log out for you. How you feeling? I mean, it's pretty much going to be the same. It's going to be Andrews. It's going to be Hooper, and and got it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Position's ugly. Uh, I can't stand it. It's frustrating week in and week out that we have to that we have to get there. Um, defense. Let's talk about it. Uh, we got Steelers at the top per usual, forty six hundred. Chargers at four K, um, priced up because they're going against the Jets. But imagine paying four K for the Chargers. I can't. Um, thirty five hundred Dol- or Ravens, then Dolphins at thirty four, which will probably line up as a popular defense if Drew Locke's not ruled in. Uh, Vikings at 33, Saints 32, Colts 31, Browns at 3K, and Patriots at 3K for your 3K and above. Uh, Kev, you've been talking about Philly this week, but I I really like uh, the Browns defense here. Um, Just with the way that the Philadelphia offensive line is playing, the way that Carson Wentz is playing, I think last week was his first week without a turnover or some, something like that. Um, he's very turnover prone and they're getting pressure. So I, I, I like getting to uh, the Browns at that price tag. Um, I'll probably have some interest in Washington as well at 2,900 if, if Joe Burrow is popular, especially because um, with the passing volume, we know he could turn the ball over as well. Um, and, and then Dolphins too. I probably, I mean, the Dolphins have worked out for me in some weeks and 3,400. It's still, there's just a lot that you can do on the slate where, you know, a 3,400 for a defense still f- feels good, even though they're the fourth highest priced defense this week, which seems crazy at that price because we've seen so many other defenses and priced up in good, 
spots. So, uh, Kev, what are you thinking about defense this week? I don't even. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll probably go. I mean, I don't hate the Browns, obviously, with the fact that um, that Carson Wentz is so turnover prone. Um, he's almost guaranteed to turn over the ball over at least once. One of those turns into a touchdown. Three K um, isn't terrible. You know, past that, uh, if you know, I. I the Falcons isn't terrible either at 2,300. If you want to pay down with, you know, Jameis sometimes making uh, bad decisions, you know, if he uh, struggles a little bit in that department, $2,300 Falcons is, isn't, especially, um, you know, if he really struggles, uh, I think that can happen. But I, I think for me, it's, it's pretty much the Falcons. I, I don't ha- like I said, I don't hate the Browns. I think Washington at 2,900, if they can get pressure on on Joe Burrow, who can make some uh, some rookie mistakes, I, I think you could do that as, as well. Maddie, you going to talk to us about 2K Jets or who you got this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't talk you into the Jets with uh, safeties playing cornerback and, and all that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> I could make a case for Dallas, I guess, um, if you wanted to punt defense completely. I mean, they haven't been awful the last three games. Granted, the offenses they've played haven't been that good outside of Pittsburgh, but they did look good in the Pittsburgh game. Um, They didn't really generate any, any, get any sacks or interceptions or anything. But I mean, they held them down to, it was like single digit points in the first half. and Pittsburgh really had to claw back, and, and that was a tight game the entire way. So, um, yeah, Dallas would be my absolute punt. Uh, I don't hate the Falcons either. Um, I think they're very interesting against an unknown Saints offense. We don't know what we're going to get without Drew Brees. Uh, I think they're interesting too. Outside of that, man, if I was paying up, I, I would pay up for the Dolphins at 3400 Yeah, I was about to say that. That would make some sense too, uh, especially with if Drew Locke is out. Yeah, they're 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 one of the top defensive units in the in the league right now. Um, they've got multiple double digit fantasy point games. So I, I yeah I would the Dolphins would be if I was in a vacuum with no salary, the Dolphins would be my favorite defense this week. Yeah, I like I like the Dolphins outside of the Steelers, yeah. obviously. But right, right. that's a gimme. <laughs> yeah. Of 4,600. 4, yeah, ain't nobody paying 4,600 for them. <laughs> Perfect trail off there, Maddie. Love the trail off. Um, all right. Yeah, that's that's the week 11 slate in a, in a nutshell there, at least of what we know right now. And so that's even going to make the DFS main slate build um, even that much more fun this week as I load up here the $5 single entry huddle uh, as we get into our – DFS build this week. Pull this up there. 14,000 people that we are playing against. And um, we got a team to build, guys. So let's do it. Week 11 DF, NFL DFS main slate build here with the DGen Nation pod. Maddie, go ahead. Tell us how we starting it. Andy Dalton. Let's go. Go ahead, Kev. You take it on. CD. I'm going to see what we can do with this. I'm going to put Jefferson in for that game. Let's go with a full-blown game stack. Throw Dalvin Cook in. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. We got uh, Andy Dalton, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. Uh, Even with Dalvin Cook being at 9K, we still have 49.40 per player left. That's running back, wide receiver, tight end, flex, and defense. So really about 5K plus when we're throwing in a 3K defense. 
Uh, Mike Davis, no. <laughs> <That's not happening. laughs> Nick Chubb. Ooh, Chubb. Had a funny. Ooh, Chubb. Or not Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. There okay. we go. Yeah. There we go. Let's go uh let's go Deontay Johnson 5900. One of those receivers is going to pop off. Oh man, that's going to be tight. It's not tight. What you mean? No, it's actually not tight. You're right. You make something happen, Maddie. Let's go uh hang on. Stand by. Playing around with salary for a second. Uh Mari Cooper in the flex, please. All right. And he's in the later late game too. So perfect for the flex. Uh that leaves 3250 per yeah, position. Yeah, 2600 left. I'm going Austin Hooper. All right. Austin Hooper. 2600. I love this build. I absolutely love a full game stack of this. Let's go Falcons. 2300. Let's do it. Can't play Texans. Can't play Bengals. Can't play Broncos. Let's go Falcons. All right, Andy Dalton, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson, C.D. Lamb, Austin Hooper, Amari Cooper, Falcons D. That is the team. $300 left on the table, boys. We've been using most of the salary the past couple of weeks, so leave some salary there to even uh, make it even more of a unique build as people will try and utilize all that salary. Throw it into the huddle and put a cap on the week 11 NFL DFS main slate pot. Now I didn't, I didn't talk about this at the beginning of the show guys, but for still rocking with us here as we're an hour, hour and 18 in in typical DJ nation fashion, we're going to have two shows for you next week uh, with the details coming out on our Twitter about that. But we will have some guests here um, early on in the week. We're going to be doing a show that is geared around the Thanksgiving pod. We will let you know when that's going to be happening. Uh, Thanksgiving slate or Thanksgiving pod, Thanksgiving slate uh, is, is one of our most traditional pods that we've done. I mean, we've had a ton of guests come on to break down the three game slate. I know you guys, you know, even with the year going on, some, some people will be with family, some people won't, but we'll still have football to kind of talk about and love and, and watch. And that'll be great to kind of break down that slate. It's a weird one this year with, uh, you know, some of the games not really working out. I think the way that the NFL had planned on them, but we still got Ravens and Steelers uh, divisional matchup there for the late night hammer. Um, on that slate as well so that's going to be a fun one so that will definitely you know get you guys the details on that and appreciate you guys rocking out with us and then we'll still do our usual uh main slate pod for week 12 as well that will come out later in the week uh, probably closer to the weekend just how the slate is lined up and thursday um, being football we probably won't be recording on thanksgiving so just know that that'll come later in the week but we're excited about that you guys got a two for one week here from the dj nation pod which is going to be fun. We appreciate everybody who's been rocking out with us all year. And we're getting down to the home stretch, guys. Home stretch, guys. So, you know, fire up those DFS lineups here with confidence. You get pretty much three slates, three slates within two weeks um, to play on. So that, that's even more exciting. There are three full slates. Um, if you guys, you know, fantasy championships, as teams are coming down to the wire, you guys make sure you guys are tuning into the Wednesday show. Make sure you guys are tuning into the Sunday game day shows that come out. Uh, starting at 10 a.m. Central Time there with Kevin, Cody, and Robbie. A lot lot of fun that we're having here at the Fantasy Authority, helping you guys uh, with the lineups, helping us uh, winning this money. We appreciate it all. So we appreciate you guys rocking with us. DJ Nation Pod is where you can find us on Twitter. Uh, Fantasy Authority, FF underscore Authority on Twitter is where you can find all the content there, all the goodness there. And uh, 
you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel and and hit us up uh, on the mentions. Hit us up in the comments. Hit us up on the rate and review in the show. Give us those five star ratings. We appreciate it. Uh, it's the week 11 NFL DFS main slate for episode 89. Signing off for the Godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Route 13. Maddie Buckets, Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. And me, Ryan Williams, Ryan Alexander underscore W. We will catch you guys next week for all of the fantasy goodness. And until then, get that money. Peace. You think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? But you better get used to the way the war back. I see what you got. It measures it out there. that's a break, boy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.